I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. That time you didn't go too close to the mic, so I'm really impressed. I was, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to keep it, you know, where, I, you know, somewhere professionalism here. So this is, we've got a special guest today. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to up our game a little bit here. So oh, now you're upping the game because of our awesome guests. I see right. how it is. Yeah, that's what it takes. That's see, our guest probably doesn't know that you like going like this. Greetings, travelers, which is just <laughs> kind of creepy and weird into the mic. And anyway, okay. So, Mark, how are things with you? Doing good, doing good. You know, we're we're prepping for the move. It'll be uh, very, very shortly. So, uh, my my living room looks like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, as we've said, and uh, you know, but we, it's it's even more so now because uh, there's even more books. I've cleared out the Home Depot twice now for boxes. You get oh you, wow, you know, as I I think what is it, officially you need a thousand books to be considered a librarian. Yeah. And uh, I've doubled that. So, you know. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Well, that's um, weird. That's what I'm going to say. That's weird. That's (laughs) where I'm at on it. Um, Also, the other thing that's happening is we are going to be at the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. That's coming up like in a couple of days from when this airs. airs. Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited. So So come out and see us and you can get Eerie Traveler swag. And meet the amazing hosts will actually be in the same place at the same time, which, which is, is crazy. Which yeah. Is crazy. That happens we... so rarely, but hopefully yeah. a lot more sooner. But anyway. Okay. We will get to the guests now because I know we're we're into Mark fanboy situation. So Mark, do you want to announce our lovely guests for today? All right. All right. So uh, for those of you who haven't read the description on your uh you know, on your uh, uh, your podcasting thing of choice. We, uh, when I first started uh, writing the Erie Florida books, uh, I was, I reached out to one of my favorite podcasts at the time, was kind of new at the time and asked if I could be on it. And the host generously brought us on. And we have been on that show, I think more times than I've, you know, except maybe this show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I am very Please to have with us the incomparably talented, amazing paranormal investigator, journalist, and just all around awesome person. And that is Shannon Legro of Into the Fray. Welcome, Hi, Shannon. Shannon. Hello, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And as we were saying before we actually hit the record button, it's just a lot of pressure to live up to, you know, with all this stuff that Mark is saying. But it is true. He is one of the most oft visited guests on into the fray and i wouldn't have it any other way i did not mean for that to rhyme but there you go yeah it works it works that was very well done actually i will say it's like your professional podcast host unlike us oh stop it now mark we are (laughs) professionals on some level somewhere somebody would go they're professional you know so shannon tell us a little bit about your show Yeah, uh, Into the Fray began, uh, I think it was September of 2015, so uh, we're going on quite a little bit now. It is a weekly show. It is multi-topic, so Bigfoot, UFOs, hauntings. um, Also, the 
the one-offs and the strange things that you can't quite put your finger on. I think that Mark and I have talked about that in the past that sometimes those are our favorite things. Uh, Bigfoot is probably my favorite subject as far as the encounters that I like to take in and the stories that I like to collate. Um, I, I loosely, very loosely call myself a researcher or investigator. I'm more of a story collector myself. I have, of course, gone out and done the documentaries with Seth and the gang of small town monsters. I love doing that. In that case, I do put the researcher slash investigator hat on during those times. But other than that, it's kind of the full-time story collector. So yeah, um, in, in, into the phrase, my passion. So Shannon, I have to ask, because Mark may already know this, but I'm going to go at this for everybody else, because Mark sometimes assumes on the show that everybody knows exactly what he does. Every, and everybody's Googled and, and, and read as much as I have, I, I assume. So. Yeah, none of that is true. We've talked about that. Um, so my question for you is, what the hell made you go? You know what I want to do? I want to talk about UFOs. I want to talk about aliens. I want to talk about the stuff. I know why, why Mark went there. Like he was born there. And so, um, but why did you choose to get into this arena? Yes, I was not born into it like Mark Muncie. Uh, he has a claim to fame for that one. Yeah. So what got me into strange things, it wasn't and I didn't realize back then that I was like, hey, I'm going to start a show about this. That's not how the show started. But for me, I was 12 and I was in Duck Creek, Utah at my father's cabin. I, We all lived here in Vegas. I grew up here in Vegas. I'm in Vegas now still. Uh, but we would go out there summertime, weekends. And one of our favorite pastimes besides going fishing was going Willing. And my dad had gone down into town to Cedar City. It's about 30 miles downhill. And he was gone for most of the morning. So we're like me and my brother and my stepbrothers like, all right, well, let's go four wheeling. Well, it was dry and dusty at that time. There, it hadn't been a lot of rain. It was likely then the summer. And I just didn't feel like wearing my helmet. And that's an important part of the story because of the fact that if you're wearing a helmet with those darn goggles, the goggles are plastic and you can't see a whole lot very clearly and but it's it's for a reason it's protect your eyeballs and your noggin so i should have been wearing it but i wasn't dusty day i let the boys go out in front of me and i'm hanging back because of the dust and this is middle of the day it's like 11 11 o'clock or noon i look off to my right and running in the woods about 30 yards in is or excuse me 30 feet in i've done that several times 30 feet into the woods is four pitch black what we now would call shadow people or shadow figures mm. and the the way i tried to describe it is they were the the deepest darkest blackest cutouts from the most starless sky and then somehow they were darker than that. And I don't even know how that is possible. And with the sun shining, again, hard to, to impart this upon someone, but it's like the light couldn't find them somehow. Yeah. And they were moving their arms and legs, which immediately struck me as very strange for things that probably didn't really need to do that. Uh, and there was also this isn't like a Salt Fork, Ohio situation as far as the ground brush. There's a lot of aspen trees in this part of Utah, so there wasn't a lot on the ground. However, they were moving 
amongst the trees and whatever happened to be on the ground as if it was none of it was there. And and that's not to say that I saw them running through anything. It's just as if that stuff just kind of wasn't there. Mm. And I watched them for about a five second count, full five seconds. And then I, I turned my gaze forward to check where I was riding. Quickly turned back and that they were just gone. So oh, wow. for me, those five seconds and that did change things for me in that immediate future. I, I did catch up to my brothers and I said, you know what, guys, I, I don't know. I just kind of want to go back to cabin like that. You know, I just I'm like, what, you know, what's wrong with you? You know, we just got out yep. here. That's down in Cedar city. Like, let's go have fun. No, I, I don't think I rode much that entire week. I got over it. I, we went back out and did our, the things that we love to do, but those five seconds really stuck with me. And I, I did become, when I look back, I guess I did become obsessed in a way. That's when I started to try to read whatever I could find in school libraries and things like that. There wasn't much back then, but what was out there was enough to keep that going. And then as far as the podcasting side goes, I, I finally started to use my Facebook account. I don't know what year that was, but I, I was consuming podcasts like nobody's business on all sorts of subjects. And uh, Bigfoot, of course, was still my favorite at that time. So I, you know, Bigfoot's my favorite, but that has nothing to do with anything that I've seen. I haven't seen a Bigfoot. I want to. Under some circumstances, of course, I suppose. I, I was going to say, like, kind of be <laughs> yeah. careful what you wish for on that one, right? Yeah. I've heard a lot of, we've all heard a lot of really yeah. awful stories that ruin everything that people love to do in the woods. However, yeah, so I just, anyway, long story short, I got onto Facebook and I started commenting in groups and getting active. And Wes Germer of Sasquatch Chronicles invited me to be a co-host on the show. And I did. And then I eventually started this little sister show called Show Notes with Shannon. I don't even know if that's still out there. Horrible interviews, but super embarrassing. I'm probably happy if they're not around anymore. But he gave me my start in podcasting. Uh, so I'll always thank him for that. And then when I left Sasquatch Chronicles, I kind of went, you know, maybe I should do a multi-topic. It, it crossed my mind to do a Bigfoot show, but not for long. I thought, you know, I, I've I've seen things that are not Bigfoot. I know a lot of people have a lot of really amazing stories that have nothing to do with Sasquatch and that's okay. And I love those too. So let me start a, a multi-topic podcast. So that's, that's what I did. So I don't know if that was a way longer answer than you wanted, but that was perfect. That was, that's my no. start. Okay. Mark, you don't get to be the judge of anything like oh, that okay. I'm because sorry, you're fanboying. So yeah, anything right. she says is going to be perfect. That's true. It's I true. think that that is no it's it's wonderful it's fascinating my question for you is as a a child or a younger person i should say because 12 is younger person um did you find it did you find your people did you find ways to talk to people about it because one of the things we've talked about a lot on the show was um the sort of discrimination against people who have encounters for things now i'm not saying every encounter is correct and legitimate but in their reality, they saw something, right? But um, we talked a lot about not people not coming forward, not saying things because they're going to be treated badly for going, hey, I saw this thing or whatever. What was that like for you? 
You know, uh, and Eric, you just brought up a, a very important part of the story, my shadow person encounter that I didn't even cover. And that is, and it plays into your question. When my dad got back from Cedar City, I told him, because he's like, oh, what are you guys doing home? You know, I, I told him, I, I told him exactly what I saw. And I said, it really freaked me out. These were not people. It, they, I don't know what they were, but I'm, it really scared me. And to this day, and he still remembers me telling him to this day, his answer has always been, those were military men doing military exercises. And that what that set me up for, well, it you may not get much out of sharing your story because people are just going to dismiss it. They're going to go, well, I mean, yeah, you probably saw that, but here's what it is. I have an explanation for you. And you're kind of going, well, no, I know what I saw. And it was not of this world. I don't, I can't give you an answer on what it was, not even close, but that then did tamp me down for many a months to where I was like, I'm not telling anybody about this. But eventually in my neighborhood, when we weren't building horrible ramps that we were lucky we didn't kill ourselves on for bikes and rollerblades and all this other stuff, I would talk to the neighborhood kids. And I actually found the sheet of paper at some point, it's, it's in the house somewhere now, but where I started a, have you seen anything strange? Like I wrote it on the top of the page and it was just a one page deal. And some of the kids in the neighborhood actually wrote some things down on, on the piece of paper. I think one kid wrote, oh, I saw a, a shadow that flew down the roof of my house or whatever he said. And so well, I guess even back then I was trying to collate stories. And so maybe that's why the, the podcasting realm and doing essentially the same thing is such a natural fit for me and why I love it so much. No, and that makes total sense. And I think it's, you know, those are the kind of things that do stir passions about doing things. And um, so were you able to, have you seen those shadow people again, or was that the only encounter that you had? I don't know what they're called. Is that their name for those cryptids? Am I saying the wrong name? People words. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the, I think the, the accepted I think Marie, Marie D. Jones, didn't she, uh, or no, not, I'm sorry, not Marie. Um, why am I blanking on her name, Mark, who came up with the term shadow people? Was it Marie? uh, I thought it was Marie DeMont, but it might've been, I don't. I can, no, it's not. I can see her face. Never mind. That was a horrible part of the show. Let's ignore that I said that. Okay. (laughs) Callie, you need to edit that part. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone's time. Yeah, that was terrible. Sorry, sorry. So uh, I did not see any shadow people after that. I have seen a couple of other strange things, but those guys have never made an appearance again. Mm. Have you been down that trail again? What was that, Mark? Have you been down that trail again? Uh, I have. I have been Uh, in that area. I went there and I actually filmed a, a little a snippet for Patreon members and paid members to oh, where I kind great. of took them on a tour of that, that area. So yeah, it wasn't, you know, what's funny. It wasn't strange or spooky to be out there again. And that was the strangest thing about that day. It was just a cloudless day, bright, sunny, having fun. And then all of a sudden, bam, there's just these total weirdos in the woods and you're going, you are not from around here. <laughs> I thought I knew what was out there in the world. And it turns out I really do not. I have no idea. Wow. Wow. Okay. So 
I love that. I love that. Let's talk about you're doing the, the, the TV shows, the monster shows, right? How did yeah, you get into monsters. that? Yes. Uh, met Seth initially, of course, online, like we meet everybody nowadays. And we first, first met in person at a Finding Bigfoot town hall meeting in Ohio when I was still living in Ohio. I had a couple of years where I lived up in Ohio. And we then just became fast friends. And it turned up that he's, you know, he's making movies and he says, do you want to be in a, a, a Bigfoot film and come out and do a little filming and i'm like well yeah uh so bigfoot happened some bigfoot activity happened first as far as the filming goes and then after that we did the um the ufo uh the hat trick ufo docs so that was um and everybody knows bigfoot's my favorite why is bigfoot your favorite what's that why is bigfoot your favorite there's just something about the possibility of this up to, you know, eight or 10 feet, some people say, but my goodness, when you actually take a tape measure 10 foot up, you're going, how in the world would that even be possible? But hey, I don't know, it could be. But, you know, six to eight foot tall, hairy creature, man, thing, person, whatever you want to label it as, living this entire life and existence, family units, without being detected, is just such an incredible, it is just the most fascinating mystery to me out of all of the mysteries. To me, yes, we did the, the three docs on UFOs. UFOs might be, uh, it is down on the list for me because to me, and I might be a little jaded because I'm, I'm in Vegas, I'm very close to Nellis Air Force Base, Area 51, I think that over well over 90% of what we see in the skies can be explained by things that we have made. I just, I, I do not feel that people give other human beings enough credit for what we can right. not only come up with, but hide. Uh, I know the government sucks at a lot of stuff, but they, they might be capable of hiding some things. So for me, the Bigfoot subject is just, it's so also, it's just such a fun subject because you can go into the woods and you can try different things that you've you know, seen online or even seen on a TV show. I mean, we we did a little swinging a glow stick once in Salt Fork State Park, but because we had seen it on Finding Bigfoot, and you can laugh about that show all you want, but it has brought so much awareness to the yep. subject more than any other Bigfoot TV show. So that's, I think, why people like to hate on it because they didn't come up with that format. Well, sorry, guys, you didn't. No. So we took that idea from that show and we actually got a, a whistle that to this day, I still really, it, that was the thing that I, I actually heard with my own ears that made me go, oh my gosh, these might actually be out here. And that's not to say that I didn't believe all of the people that I had talked to for years prior to this whistle happening, but it's so different when it happens to you. And you're like, yeah. oh, I, that's not a bird. That's not a person. They, they, there's no way they could have snuck in on us like this. It's, and you're going through all these iterations of how and what it could have been. And I, I could come up with nothing. And I was with someone, my partner, and he's not a Bigfoot person or a ghost person. You know, he's very supportive of what I do. Even he was going, I don't know what that was. Yep. And that's when I'm going, 
okay, we really, we really had something there. And it was just one silly, amazing whistle. I think it was a 2014 in Salt Fork State Park. And uh, I can't explain it to this day. So yes, again, long-winded answer. I apologize. But that's why Bigfoot to me is just so, you could just, basically you can put your hands on it a little more. You can go out, you can, you can get in the woods and try these different things. And uh, granted your, your mind does play tricks on you a lot when you're in the woods, especially once the darkness falls. Uh, But you'd be surprised how, how loud a raccoon or a squirrel can be in some ground brush. And that's why a thermal imager, I think is the number one tool. If you can get your hands on one to take out big footing, right, Mark? Yep. Yep. That was, uh, we, we heard this crazy howl one night and, uh, scanned and scanned and scanned. And it was a, uh, it was a bobcat, but man, if, if we hadn't had the thermal imaging, we would, we, we were like, oh man, we've, we've got a banshee. Yeah. Well, it's so it's interesting because there was a recent article about a noise that a mountain lion was making. And I cannot remember exactly, but it was like a really weird, like, no, it was talking and made a sound like it was like talking like a human. And somebody ran into it and got a recording of it making this noise. And so you, you not I'm going to go back to the Bigfoot, but it's also like, I always tell people Tasmanian devils, you want to hear something and understand why they labeled this creature a devil, listen to what it sounds like at night. Like you would never go into, first of all, I don't think anyone should ever go into the wilderness of Australia or anywhere in Australia. Cause I feel like <laughs> somehow the globe went, you know what we need to do? Make Let's a death put zone. everything horrible on this one Island. Let's do it. Like it's the rest are in Florida yeah they're so scary but the tasmanian devils make this noise and i think everybody listening right now is gone google tasmanian devil like it's a, it's a noise maybe yeah. if you're lucky um our lovely producer will cut it in but my question to you is what do you think a bigfoot is like what do you feel like it is we talk a lot about it because we've had listener stories about things that have happened and they ask us what we think it is and i have my own theory about um you know, either dimension sliding or um, uh, nature spirits, right? Because it's not like there's just a quantity of them about the place. There are ones, but they seem to be in certain locations and that sort of thing, right? So what is your thoughts on what a Bigfoot actually is? Yeah, that's that's a, a huge question. And it's one that if I have a guest on and they're talking Bigfoot, I always try to close with that because I'm like, well, you've seen one, you have, you, no one is an expert, but you've yeah. at least seen one and you have a little more information than I do. And the answers run the gamut. And unfortunately I am much the same. And I find myself flip-flopping depending on who I've spoken to that day, that week, that month, whatever it might be. Yep. I, I really, I just, I don't know. And I feel like you know, how deep does the rabbit hole go? You know, could there be, and this is going to get real rabbit, all rabbit hole right now. I love that. But let's do it. Rabbit yeah, hole. This is, let's do this, it. There's going to be some hard eye rolls out there. I can, I can hear the eye rolling in the socket. But. <laughs> okay. Well, let's do this right before you start. Let's do our break. And then, then it's, I'm not going to say eye roll time. It's epic adventure time. <laughs> yeah, let's let's we'll, do the rabbit trail. Okay. Do we'll it. be right back.
Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. And what of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock, or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio, to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. Rabbit hole we go. I buckled up. I've got my yeah, seatbelt. We are back. Let's do, Let's do this. All right. So, yeah. So what if there are flesh and blood Bigfoot just straight up? There's They're roaming around. They're having you know babies and they're burying their dead because that's one of the theories on you know why. Why haven't we found Bigfoot bones in the woods? And well, how many bear carcasses do you find in the woods? So anyway, that's a whole nother subject on that. But Actually, I'm just going to interject. There is a great episode on stone science. I forget what the name of the show is, but it's two guys that get stoned and their bong talks to them about things. And they talk about the fungus in the forest and how it pulls down the bones and stuff like that to feed the trees. Just throwing that in because I think that's what happens to a lot of the stuff because it's, you know, food. Anyway, continue on. <laughs> no, you're right. And just to piggyback really quickly and then we'll get to the eye roll stuff. I think it was Cliff Berkman was talking about the fact that an elephant, a full-size elephant can pass away and everything, having every single bit of ha- anything having to do with that elephant can be gone in five to six months. And that's incredible on something that big. Yeah. So. Okay. If you got something room. that's, yeah, six to eight feet tall, uh, just, you know, bigger, bigger than a person uh, mm-hmm. in general, that dies in the middle of the woods where not a lot of people go. Well, no, there's probably not going to be a whole lot left after a much shorter amount of time. So, okay. So you have these flesh and blood creatures out there living their lives. What if, and this is really like explaining another mystery with a mystery. So this is why I call it the eye roll stuff, but it's come up a lot before because you hear these theories of mimics and things like that. And I know that Mark has heard about, he knows all about things like this, you know, and, and elemental spirits and, and things that you mentioned, Erica, that live in and thrive in forests and that's their domain. What if there are these mimics and other things, and they might be dark, uh, horrible things. I won't use the D word demonic, but maybe they are. What if they, they can in fact, take form of a Bigfoot or anything that they want. And then a person sees 
there's a Bigfoot. But then unfortunately, you know, it had essentially just appeared there. But while it was there, it was physically there. It didn't make a footprint. It did create a tree structure. It did knock on a tree, but then it's gone. Well, then unfortunately, all the flesh and blood Bigfoot get labeled this, you know, poofing, traveling, you know, dimension hopping, can pop out of the sky and leave the same way. Now, again, that is a real far stretch. And that is explaining a mystery with another mystery, but it has been postulated. Uh, I just think that, especially after what I saw running in the woods, there's just a lot of stuff out there we, we just don't understand. And I would imagine that those I, I I thought that I was just glimpsing into a world that was just literally they were running parallel to me, but I felt like the best thing I can explain it is I was just glimpsing into an, a parallel like dimension or something that's very laughable, but they proved that there are other dimensions. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how much of if something like that comes in and can take another form why wouldn't they want to come in and kind of play with the hairless things in the woods? It would be quite entertaining to see people cowering uh, by their campfire or packing their things in, in quick succession and, and hightailing it out of the campsite and there to return again to the woods. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I personally, I do not know what they are. I would love for them to be flesh and blood so that maybe one day we figure out what they are and, I don't, I do, I do not want them. I think Mark and I have talked about this before. Yep. I do not want to see them at zoos no. or anything horribly sad like that. All you have to do is go look at gorillas and zoos and you'll want to just curl in a bowl and cry. It's yeah. horrible. But the, to not be part of the cookie clan and to kind of go, haha, we told you, we told you there was yeah. something going on here would be pretty darn cool. As, as we like to call conspiracy theories on our show, we call them spoiler alerts now. We call them spoiler <laughs> alerts. Um, I love I, that. I actually agree with you. So one of the things that I, I've said on this show a lot, which is um, me and Mark, I have similar views on things, but we have very different views on other things because our, you know, our experiences are very different. And I go more into the um, spooky and true crime and... I don't know, darker side of life, to be honest. And then, but we've talked a lot about like hunting and stuff. Like I do not love Bigfoot hunting as a term. I don't like any using the term hunting because it, it it really has the connotation that you want to bag this creature. Like, and to your point, I think if um, anybody did bag the creature or whatever, it does immediately have government and other um private corporations and stuff like the government are not the only ones that do nefarious things. If we go all the way back to world war two, they were making creatures. They were just making them right. Um, and trying to bring back prehistoric creatures and stuff like that. They obviously had never watched the Jurassic park movies, so they don't know how that ends up because <laughs> I feel like that is literally a field book to what the would happen if you, um, decided to bring back creatures from that time period. But I hope that whatever proof ends up occurring and whatever acknowledgement of what these are, it is not somebody having trapped the creature or caught the creature or found a way to find the creature like that. And more, it's just a very good encounter that is documented in a way 
that has the evidentiary proof, that sort of thing. That's my let's hope. Diane, let's get some Diane Fossey stuff out there. Yeah, yeah kind of right. situation so that we, well, I mean, I that's what I hope so that nobody does exactly the point, whether it's a zoo or a corporation or something trying to make the money that they would try to make off of having caught caught this creature because that's what's going to happen it's not going to be about this is cool we want to interact it's going to be how do we make benjamins off of this situation well right. your, your most recent documentary with you and lyle blackburn was the uh, uh american dogmen and uh so tell me tell me about that and and uh you know your experiences with that project well let's start with mark always goes way in advance what is a dog man what is that so you don't get to say mark shannon gets to say but what is a dog man well no i you know i i don't think mark and i have ever talked about a a dog man can i have can i hear mark's uh, interpretation and description you can just of dog man? be prepared to cut him off go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm on a leash this this round myself so uh but uh yeah, no, uh, you know, for for those not in the know, Dogman is a and and a potential offshoot of the you know Bigfoot investigations have, have turned up these things and and every person I've talked to who's seen one will tell me flat out, I know this sounds crazy, but that's how they always start. You know, that's how most cryptid encounters start. You know, I know it sounds crazy, but it looked like a freaking werewolf. Only they don't say freaking, they use Erica's word. Fucking. So, uh, yeah, it's they, fucking. That's the word fucking. they use. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. So, all right. Continue but, on. uh, yeah. And they, and they swear, you know, it, it gives them a sense of fear. It gives them this just primal terror usually hits them in their chest and they just can't move. They, you know, they, they panic. It's almost, uh, like we talked about with our shadow creatures and stuff where you just get that sense of dread. You do not want to mess with this. And so that's, a common occurrence and i've got a lot of bigfoot hunters who are now giving more credence to dogman than bigfoot and then i've also got a few more you know you know uh you know dogman hunters who are now like you know i don't want to see one again because i've just that that hits me so bad uh it, it, you know it, it shook me to the core so um but anyway yeah shannon you just you just did this project for uh small town monsters so let's talk about that yes uh Texas dogman slash werewolves and and I have to say and you use that term as well right because and it, you, it's a perfect segue because the witness said I saw a freaking werewolf now they said that because they don't know how else to describe it, describe it. that right. is just it, it they've seen movies or whatever it is that the, the werewolf has been something in the lexicon for many many years so that's the lens that they're looking at that through, and that's how they want to describe it. So for our purposes, for our doc, and for Aaron's book, it's it's a doc based upon the research in his book. It is just an interchangeable word. We're not saying that these are people like Jack Nicholson that go out under the full moon and change from a person into this creature new no, that's not where that's not what we're doing it's just it was as aaron said even in the interview i did with him on into the fray he said i just didn't want to use the term dog man 16 times in a paragraph and besides that the person didn't call it a dog man they called it a werewolf or a hyena you know we we yeah. had 
we had people that say it was just a massive hyena and that was their term for it. That's the closest thing that they could come up with for that. So, so yeah, we went to some hotspots for the documentary and Texas, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff in Texas anyway, a lot of weird creatures. You got, <laughs> you got things that have no hair that they have mange or whatever it might be. And that's the chupacabra. Don't, I, don't ask me, maybe, maybe it is, but as you said, with the dog man across the board, almost a hundred percent of the time, th these are not good encounters. Sometimes they have that feeling in their chest before they even see it, which yeah. to me, that is, that is our most primal instinct just kicking in and knowing I've had several people on the show that said they they could sense that something really bad was around before they even saw the dang thing. And once they did see it, it, it changed their lives, not for the better. It didn't make them want to go out in the woods more. It, it made them want to actually move to probably a place where I'm at in the middle of the desert and very urban area. And Dogman is even more of one of those things. The, the eye roll thing with Bigfoot, maybe in the mimic situation, and maybe those are two separate things inhabiting the same place. For Dogman, especially for me, I definitely go down more that side of things with right. a Dogman just not being a flesh and blood creature. That's kind of where I've landed on that. I, again, I don't know, I'm not an expert. I, I'm, none of us are and we just have to kind of go off of witness statements but and then any, but again have any of these witnesses actually been physically attacked like i mean bitten scratched that sort of thing by the dog man i'm just curious because we talk about howling we talk about like with bigfoot howling tree shaking throwing rocks like there's a myriad of things but what I think is sometimes interesting from me, who's not as into these as you two are, is have you actually been touched by these creatures? Like, have they actually done anything? Which is interesting and lends itself to your perception on the demon, fairy, spirit, entity, whatever we want to call it, right? Side of things. Like, did they touch them? I'm sure Mark is doing the same thing I am. I'm like trying to think in my well, gray matter. There's, there's have a I couple, come across? Yeah, there's there's a couple where there have been some physical interactions, but uh, and again, violent, uh, and uh, and mostly uh, land between the land between the lakes had the uh, had some recent uh, in, investigations with that, and they've had some issues. And but again, nothing definitive, nothing caught on film. Is like the the attack happened, and then they saw the thing running away. You know, they, you know, that just the big arm grabs them and, you know, and threw them, I think was the description. And then they turned and saw it was the, a freaking werewolf. And, um, and I, I go back to our, our fear monger, Erica, that we've talked about on previous things where it's, there's these just seems to be things that enhance what scares us the most. And werewolves is definitely something that gives us a primal terror, uh, you know, and so Dogman could be from that. So that's, I that's just... what I go with. Part of my thing that goes, okay, like there's one thing to um, have whatever the thing is attempting to cause you to leave the space. Like Bigfoot, one of the things I've taught, that's why I, I kind of go nature, spirit, whatever, is like they seem to show up 
to scare your point, the people camping, the people investigating, the hikers, whatever, the hell out of the area. Like get out of this space, right? I don't want you here. Um, versus I always wonder with some of the cryptids that are like it attacked Mothman, for instance, you know, attacking the car, that sort of thing. I go, okay, that's different. That that has that physical substance to it versus I attack because no offense, if a werewolf is gonna attack you, it's we've we've seen literally every movie, read all the books, like it doesn't just push you and run away. Like that's not its thing. It doesn't just do that. So I'm just curious to the fear monger at that point, and I could be completely wrong, of course, but going, is this thing something that is more mental than it is physical, really? Well, and and to piggyback off of that, Erica, one of the most in fascinating things to me about Dogman, and this is such a, it's, it really is a small detail, but it's always stuck with me. And for some reason, it, when someone is describing this, you know, you can, you can place yourself in the scene as much as you possibly can. And then they say this, they say it went from all fours and then stood up on two legs. And while it was doing that, its joints were popping and cracking. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the, the mimic and Bigfoot and is it here? Is it not here? But while it's here, it's totally physical. That aspect of it has come up, not in all of them, just like in every Bigfoot encounter, you're not going to, you know, there's not always a smell. Uh, but that joint popping thing is just so cool to me and such a unique detail. Uh, I don't know, Mark, I, you were kind of nodding your head there when I brought that up. But to me, that's always stuck out as like, hmm, well, I, I mean, they're they're when they're here, they're here. I mean, there's some other joints are are protesting them standing up on two legs. Yeah, I it's know. it's it's funny because like when we started this, you know, boy, you know, it seems like way back 2015. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, it's so ancient history. Uh, but, uh, you know, thanks to Internet time. But uh, when we first started, the ghost people wouldn't talk to the UFO people. UFO people wouldn't talk to the Bigfoot people. Uh, the Bigfoot people wouldn't talk to anybody. Uh, and it was, but now we're starting to realize there's these overlaps and stuff. And I, you know, in my, even my early days, I would, I would find these phenomena like green flashes. You know, they would talk about a green flash and then there would be a Bigfoot encounter and a green flash and a dogman encounter, a green flash UFO encounter. Yeah. And, and these things, and that was a, a, a common thing. And so whenever somebody would mention some encounter and i'd say well you know was there a green flash or something like that and they'd be like oh yeah yeah I, you know i didn't i didn't put two and two together and so yes you know, so that was one of those things that i you know when somebody brings it up to me and goes oh there's a green flash there's a you know there's a green flash this green flash happened i'm just like boom that draws my eye immediately i'm like okay something there's a phenomena here that we haven't discussed and things like that and so that's i'm, I'm excited to you know that all this is finally coming together as these things grow up I and, also and wonder, so oh, go, sorry okay, Shannon, go ahead. Ahead. i'm sorry erica just really quickly just to ask mark something really quickly so in regards to that green flash though the accompanying anomalous activity wasn't always the same right, right. i mean the, the green flash was the only thing that was the common denominator interesting right. yeah it was, it's just it's just one of those things i noticed with all these interviews with you know what now thousands of people that seems to be a, a one of those things that just pops up every once in a while so which lends itself to something i don't hear a lot of people talk about which is magic and shaman type magic and things like that 
because in history, if you um, look at the history of even all the way back to like um, cave drawings and Egyptian things and stuff like that, they talk about people. I'm just throwing random crap in here and people are going to be like, what the hell is she talking about? But, you know, you say things like, okay, we're going to do this is how much of this could also be related to um uh, I, I use the term magic, but that sort of situation and going along with the creating the fear, creating the situation, what would make that real? I'm a, I'm I'm curious if there are protectors that do that kind of thing too, just to add even weirder stuff into this. Not the UFO, because I'm a firm believer that we are not alone in the world. I also agree with you that every UFO sighting is not a thing, but me and Mark talk about this all the time. We are this close to something legitimately being documented i feel like the thing that happened in vegas which i do want your comment about recently like we're so close to that sort of thing coming out um but i kind of wonder if there's some of that too like what um the you know previous tribes and stuff believed because they did worship certain not just you know god and i'm not saying religion but they entities that did certain things and protected and blah, blah, blah. So I wonder, cause you go green flash, is that coming from another dimension? Is that being summoned? Is it like, what is doing that? Okay. That was my weird rabbit hole. Did everybody enjoy the ride down there? That was, that was a fun one. I, I mean, no, it's no, it, right. Like it's no different than what I was postulating with a uh, Bigfoot's weird enough, but let's add something, something also strange mimicking a Bigfoot, which, you know, like it's, it's no different than that. So I don't think anything is too crazy and everything should be on the table. And I just want to say, before I talk about the whole Vegas UFO slash alien creature, 10 foot tall, whatever, uh, that I did kind of uh, poo on the whole UFO thing there for a minute by saying, yeah, I'm not really that into them because I think that over 90% are, are ours, but it's the rest up to the hundred percent that I find fascinating and the stories that I've had that I've on my show and heard on other shows that I am of course in that boat where we are of course not alone in the universe. And I am all, I am a hundred percent the lady in ID four on the top of the building with the sign that's whatever said, take me or welcome or whatever it said. <laughs> I am that chick a hundred percent. So, okay. Now the Vegas thing. So yeah, I'm curious and just real quick for the listeners who may be, because we, we talked about this in a previous episode where there is um, the 911 call to the police department about a, the crash in their backyard. They're describing large things getting out of the crash. There is the police body cam and stuff that was cut. Like there are chunks of things missing out of whatever they released body cam footage wise. And then of course there's all the doorbell cameras that were released. And there are some supposed cameras from other angles that caught something happening, movement and stuff like that. So and then there was cameras installed later at the location to like keep an eye on the location, which was very weird. So yeah, so there's all these things. So, but you're there. So talk to us about that because we're we're in other places to hear and see these things. Well, I mean, I am here, but I'm I'm in the same boat as you guys. So uh okay. So so Mark, I didn't know that. So the footage that was captured and eventually released to the public. And by the way, might I start, uh, sorry, I'm always digressing, but very important to say this for a time, there was 
a creature video of this damn thing crouching it was obviously not las vegas either it just blows my mind yeah but people just believe whatever's on okay so anyway right. there was a huge creature um, crouched down great cgi by the way awesome yeah. by this fence yeah whoever and did it. it was yeah it was awesome. it was great huge high five but god damn it um that was had nothing to do with las vegas but that uh, that went viral as well so that's out of the way that was, had nothing to do with it that was not the, one of the creatures that these people claimed that they saw but the fact that the cameras were installed after all this hubbub and then there was stuff captured i'm gonna go to my my eh side again uh my skeptical side and go well i don't know that doesn't really excite me too much because it happened after and that thing i mean their story went absolutely viral that hit like main mainstream uh media and then I I did see something and it's not like I went and verified any of this stuff or know the people or could drive to their house or know for sure. But I did see something where uh, one of the police officers claimed that they went back out there and they looked at the circle that was in the dirt on whatever part of the property that was. And that they said that they could tell that it was shoe drag marks, like someone had just taken their heel wow. and created that circle. So they're just kind of started to become all these tiny little red flags and bigger red flags. So yep. that kind of, to me, is another, it's of interest. Let's keep it in the brain bank for later, just in case. But that didn't make me go, oh, that lady on the roof at the ID4 building. Here, here we go, chick. Here it comes. Here's, <laughs> here comes the aliens. You know, that, that person inside me was uh, kind of, the hopes were a little dashed there. But that said, uh, I do love all of the attention that some of this stuff gets. I mean, look at that that video of the woman on the plane, right? Saying yeah, that, no, that, that was the, the that model. MFR is not uh, the a person. Uh, I'm I'm off this plane. I'm out of here. And interestingly enough, uh, Carrot Top, who is a comedian out here in Vegas, happened. Yeah, he to be was on there. Plane, so, yeah, he was. He was on the plane. So. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know that there's weird things that, that occasionally uh, will interact with us. I know that for a fact, because I've had it happen to me. And so I, when I see stuff like that, was she drunk? Was she on something else? Sure. Could have been, I don't know. Uh, the, the cops that got her off the plane seemed to think that she wasn't drunk, but uh, and so I don't, I don't try to poo poo anything outright, but I I'm, I definitely have a, a big skeptical lens when it comes to, especially when she start talking about videos that go viral or 911 calls that go viral. I would hazard to say that if that family played their cards right, and I'm not saying that they're trying to do this, but you know, they if they wanted to, I don't know that they've ever really come out and sat and been interviewed, right? So I would hazard to say if if they did. They could probably make a little money off that if they decided to, if they said, hey, we'll give you an exclusive. And again, I'm not saying that they're even thinking about that. And maybe they maybe they called really thinking that they saw that. But you have to just kind of look at every every angle of things. It's true. The only reason I thought that was interesting was the amount of doorbell cameras. And there were several that caught some bright thing happening at that time all around that particular location. And I'm not saying what it was, no idea, yeah. but there was like, we start having those things. And then when they release the body cam, they're cutting pieces out. Like when, when that kind of stuff happens, I go, okay, are you trying to, because it's not the people at the house 
cutting that out. It's the police department cutting it out, right? So you go, you guys are just adding to this whole thing by releasing it and releasing like, oh, here's the body cam footage. And then you have to actually look at the the date timestamp to go, wait a minute, that just jumped 30 minutes. Like that was, you know, not even a little bit. So, and, you know, at the same time, it is interesting that this family has not come out and done this whole, like capitalize on if you're doing it to get that sort of thing happen you continue with the capitalization of it i just think it's interesting and even this woman on the plane we talked about that a little bit in an episode where we go you know is this was she drinking is this drugs is it a mental situation with her or who knows what sparks somebody to go this is because she didn't go hey i want you to move seats right she felt the danger was imminent enough that she wanted off that plane. So who the heck knows what I told Mark, which I thought was interesting, which again leads to this conspiracy theory or whatever, is nobody did a picture of this actual person that she yeah, is saying. That she, that she had to get away from. Yeah. Not one clip of yeah, that. Everybody was filming that whole time. I don't understand that. Why nobody That's turns around like- you know, to see what she's talking about. She's pointing. Yeah like several times and nobody everybody's filming her because she's the entertainment and it's yeah. like oh man but and i um, go how do you not because me i don't know about you guys i would be like what the hell is she talking like that about, yeah exactly yeah, like be- she's interesting it's a non-human who yeah exactly and she's it's it's real. it's meat sleeves meat sleeves all right um, yeah yeah <laughs> so, so shannon now my other thing is is you also do books now you've co-written a couple books so uh, Erica also co-hosts uh, or hosts her own podcast called Drinking with Authors. So um, and uh, but, uh, you know, so tell us about your books. Absolutely. So uh, G. Michael Hoff, he is a he's a best-selling author of fictional works. He does post-apocalyptic, uh, dystopian and Westerns. Very popular. He's a very uh, talented author. He came to me years ago and said, uh, what do you think about putting some of your your encounters off of your show into books nonfiction of course these are you know the people that come on my show that's that's their story that that's they're saying this this happened just like the rest of us this is my story and I said that sounds like an amazing idea so that is what we did we we got permissions from uh, certain stories and certain listeners and we included those in beyond the fray per amalgamation and beyond the fray bigfoot and of course, those are available wherever fine books are sold. Very, very cool. And we'll put all the links to everything in the notes so everybody can find your show, find all of this stuff about you, which means this show note is going to be like 5,000 oh, characters long. Yeah, I understand that. It's sometimes the, the editing is as long as putting the show notes together, you know? Yeah. Luckily, we have a producer, so we don't, we're just the, the yeah, talent. We just- that's nice (laughs) yeah just mainly because we don't know how to do it it's it's really not because we think we're better it's just it's like that scene from um zoolander where they're just banging on the computer that's what would happen it's not a it's not a pleasant situation yeah it would it would it would definitely be very skunk apey but uh let's see but uh now uh let's see what have you got coming up 
next are you doing another uh small town monsters or are you allowed to talk about that yet or uh possibly but i probably am not allowed to say what it what it might be on but yeah I, there's definitely some things coming up uh with stm at some point and then just plugging away at the show as you guys know it's it's a lot of work to do the shows and put those together and but we all love it. It's why we do it. So I'm just, it's mostly just working on, on into the fray and, uh, and collecting those your, stories. your insiders that's your Patreon, correct? So, um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I have, uh, into the fray on Patreon in case anybody wants extra uh, episodes. Plus I do a lot of uh, video chat stuff over there. And then I, I recently, went into doing apple podcast premium in case anybody you know they people love apple products so i just thought well let me put all the bonus audio content over there on apple podcast premium as well so lots of into the fray out there if, if you if you happen to like me that much that's pretty amazing so thanks to anybody that listens at all very uh, every people listen people love you like i'll tell you if mark's even a tenth of Yes, people absolutely love your show and everything you do. It's so. dedicated Thursday night listening. So I'll tell you that. So yeah. but, uh, thank you. Um, but uh, and we'll and I will be back on again soon. I promise. So, uh, but uh, thank Stop you for coming her. on our show. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we've been trying to get you on since day one. So thankfully the the stars aligned and we were able to uh, to get this to work out. So. Oh, thank you guys so much. And by the way, Mark, people have been kind of emailing like, hey, isn't it time for Mark uh, to come back on? Where's Mark and Carrie? So yeah, uh, we're everyone's waiting uh, with bated breath. So whenever well, you're ready, you're, uh, the doors of Into the Fray are open for you. Nice to know. Nice to know. Well, we will be back soon. I promise. We got it. So as we move around, we've still got, we got more kudzu kelpie to catch up on. So. Uh, oh my gosh. Yes. One of my favorites after all these years. I mean, because it's a, it really is an ongoing story and a crazy corroboration. It pretty much premiered on Into the Fray, so you yeah. know where yeah. I finally was able to talk about it. So we will definitely, we'll definitely do that. But uh, thank you again for joining us. And it was uh, wonderful to finally meet you. It is awesome. Thank you, Erica. Thank, thank you, you guys both. And we will very all get much. together at some point for a travel. I promise. So, but uh, yes, thank you all so much. Definitely tune in to Shannon. Follow, like, and subscriber. Follow, like, and subscribe us. Share, you know, share with your friends and family and all those people that don't believe, drag them into this. Let them listen. You know, and, and, hey, we're not forcing you to believe. We just want you to hear the arguments. So, but uh, if nothing else, it's entertaining. Exactly. That is right. All right. Well, gang, thank you so much again. J you know, journey into the fray and we will see you on the other side.